And we're moving through. It's kind of crazy. 12-week series on Sent to Build Community. And uh, it's kind of an interesting one when it comes to building community and this is kind of whatever we are, kind of smack bang in the middle, Um, vision and planning. And as I was prepping, I've got, got some scriptures that kind of came into my heart as I was thinking about this and um, one of them's been in my heart for a number of weeks around this message and I thought it was for whatever the, I can't even remember what the theme was I preached last time um, a few weeks ago but I thought I was going to use this scripture then and then it didn't and it's turned out for this one which makes heaps more sense. Um, but want to start off with the, with the old what, when, where, who, why and how. <clears throat> Is there any? I don't know, there might be another one in there. That's a few of them anyway. Um, so the what, when, who, why, where, how. Every time I say it, I'll say it in a different way just to keep you thinking. But it's not deliberately trying to keep you thinking, it's just because I just go through them. I always start with what. And I think I always end with how, but the others in the middle always end up. They're, they're kind of really crucial questions to ask yourself when you're thinking about vision and planning. What? What am I going to do? When am I going to do it? Where am I going to do it? Why am I going to do it? Is a good, great question to ask. Who am I doing it with? And how am I going to do it? What what needs to be done to get from where I am now to fulfil the vision? And as I was thinking about these different words and these different things and started to think about, well, the what is visionary. Everything else is part of the planning. Where am I going? It's part of the planning depending on what the vision is. Unless you just got a vision that go to this place and then you're going there. But most of the time, the where is part of the planning, part of the answer to fulfilling the vision of what? Who? Who am I doing it with? Who am I doing it for? Is part of the answer. When? Timing's pretty crucial. But again, it's part of the answer to what what have I seen? Where am I going? What am I doing? Why? Might not be part of that, but it's a big part of the planning. And how? How's kind of summarising all of them, joining them all together to fulfil the what? And so I don't know if you've, what your experience has been as far as being a visionary. Because sometimes when you, when you talk about vision, especially in church contexts, vision is for the senior minister. Vision is for the department head. That's, that's not my responsibility. That's for Kirby and Aislinn. They run the kids team. They've got the vision for the kids team. It's not me. 
And then you move into family life and you move into to the different areas. You might be a, the leader at work. Well, you're responsible for the vision, but, but the employers, uh, the employees, you are the employer, the employees, they're not responsible for the vision. I'm just an employee. I don't have to dream anything for the business that I'm part of. But I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you this morning that we are all called to be visionaries. We're all called to see our future. We're all called to see parts of our future. And it can be from something as little as taking a holiday to something as big as buying your first house, getting married. It can be something as big as stepping out, selling your house to start a business. So I'd never do that. But there's people in here who have. I thought about getting a roaming microphone this morning just because that, yeah, see, straight away there's people like, oh, don't do that. I don't want to be part of that. We might do it yet. We'll see how we go. But the what, the reason you uproot your life and move from here to there, the reason you take that time off work, the reason you sell your house isn't because, oh, well, I, I just got a good idea. It's like, no, because you've been convicted that what you've, the good idea isn't just a good idea, but it's where I'm going. It's my vision. It's what I'm doing with my life. It's what I'm putting everything into. And so we've got Pastor Nick and Stacey down at Henley Beach. Okay, using them as an example, they've shared this story in various contexts, but on team at C3 Oxford Falls in Sydney, on team there for, I don't know how many, 15, 20 years. Felt the call of God to the what? We're going to plant a church one day. I was there in a meeting in Sydney when the message was preached, the call was put out there. Nick and Stacey went forward, answered the call and said, we believe we're going to be called to plant a church. Or we believe we are called to plant a church. The what was there. The where, the when, the who, the why. The why was answered. It was to build the kingdom of God. That was a pretty simple one there. But, but the other parts of it, the how, they, they didn't have those answers, but they had the what. We're going to plant a church. Years later, can't remember how many years later it is, probably must be close to a decade later, I reckon. Two years ago. Coming up two years ago, they uprooted their life in Sydney, moved to Henley Beach in little old Adelaide to start a church because they filled in some blanks on the when, the where, the who. They filled in some of those blanks and now they're in the community in Henley Beach, reaching in to the Indigenous. They've got a big Brazilian um, cohort of families that are coming to their church down there, but they're starting to build momentum after planting a church in the middle of COVID. So crazy to think about. This church was one church in one location. COVID hits, and now we're one church in three locations. It's like 
Silly, silly people. Who starts a church in the middle of COVID? But we managed to, <clears throat> between us, start two more, which is pretty crazy. But, but that whole dynamic in the middle, bring it a little bit closer to home, smaller scale story. I didn't uproot my life. I didn't completely change the people that I'm hanging out with. Just went into a lot of debt. But we, we decided, well, didn't actually. I was thinking about the what and thinking about the, the smaller scale deal of holidays, which is still a big deal, right? Because there's a lot of planning that needs to go in. But go right back, 2010, we went on a family holiday to, we joined up with Pastor Bruce and Julie in Europe and went and visited Cesare Trebich and um, a number of other churches around the place but that was kind of the main one that we wanted to go to and then we went and had a white Christmas in Canada. Phenomenal trip that changed the vision, changed the trajectory of this church because we ended up in a family, we ended up just thawing out from a freezing cold time in Canada. We thawed out in Fiji which opened the doors to what we now do in Fiji. Would that have happened otherwise? I've got no idea. Um, Potentially would have down the track, but that's where it started, the heart and the passion for the Fijian people. But that trip didn't just, we didn't just decide at the end of November, all right, we're going to go on a holiday and we're going to go to, we're going to go across the other side of the world. No, that was five, six years in the making of having a, family dream to let's go before we have kids let's go and have a white Christmas because who knows you don't want to be traveling over there and doing that trip with kids becomes much less enjoyable on the plane and much more financially um, challenging traveling with kids but but so we had this we had this dream we had this vision as a family to go we're going to go and we're going to go and do this thing. The what? We obviously wanted to go at Christmas time, to have a white Christmas, right? So the when, we had to go at Christmas time. But the year wasn't set. We had to work towards, all right, when are we going to do this? How, how much money do we need to save up to be able to do this? So we started this process of planning Six-week trip overseas, we're going to need, all right, we're going to blow 20 grand on this trip, so we need to start saving. So Emma worked ridiculously hard to start saving up for this trip, and I just earned my little $15 an hour. And uh, no, that wasn't, that was before we got married. I was actually earning more than $15 an hour by that stage. But, But it was this process of working out, all right, so what needs to happen? Who? The who is who we're travelling with, but the who was also being at church. Pastor Bruce and Julie being out of church Christmas time, not ideal. Simon and Georgia were, Georgia was, they just got married, so we were tacking this trip on to the end of their honeymoon. Um, They were not key leaders in the church at that stage, but they carried weight on music team, coffee team, whole bunch of other parts of church life that they were supporting. Emma and myself were whatever our, I don't know what we were back then, um, 
running youth and young adults and whatever else we did. So there's this who was going to be impacted. We had to work through that. There's the other bits of where well, we knew we wanted to go to Canada. We knew we wanted to go to Trebich. We knew we wanted to thaw out somewhere on the way home because we didn't want to go from that year, our New Year's Eve, up in the mountains in Canada, our New Year's Eve was minus 40. And the New Year's Eve here was 40. So there's this big difference and we're like, we're not going home. We're not going from this up to that. It's like, no, we're going somewhere to thaw out on the way. And, uh, and so there's this, there's this process that takes place when you're planning to do the what. What's more important, vision or planning? What comes first, the chicken or the egg? My simple one for that, and you might get the answer at Tim's book club. But my simple answer for that is God didn't create eggs. He created chickens. So the chicken came first. That's my answer for that question. What came first, the vision or the planning? The vision. But we're never going to get to the vision if we don't go through the process of the planning. And so there's two things, two reasons we get stuck in life. One is, oh, I'm not a visionary. If you keep saying, I'm not a visionary, you'll never get anywhere in life because you're never pushing to find something. You're never pushing to get somewhere. You just go, oh, I'm just a visionary, but I'm no good at planning. That's great in a work context when you can employ people to do the planning for you. But have you noticed how sometimes CEOs, people with great ideas, great vision... They never actually do anything with their life. They never go on holidays because they can't pay their secretary to plan their holiday. They can't pay their staff who are great at organising the structures and getting the teamwork in place. They can't pay them to do their own private. It doesn't work. Life doesn't work that way. And so you can be really great at vision or you can be really great at planning and either way you can get stuck not achieving what you want to achieve in life Because unless we can work out how to get the two together, unless we can work out how to bring vision and planning together, we just stay stuck. We stay isolated. We stay not building the community we're meant to be building because we're missing out on half the story. And so my prayer this morning is that that we would be great at vision. We'd be great at vision. But my prayer this morning is that we wouldn't just be great at vision, but we'd be great at the planning. We'd be great at bringing people along the journey with us. We'd be great at working out where. Great at working out why. Great at working out when. Timing is so important. There's so much that goes into the timing of things. And to just go, oh, well, I'm just waiting for God is a bit of a cop-out. It's like, no, just start planning. If you want to go on an overseas holiday, start planning. Start getting everything in place because otherwise it just stays as a, oh, well, you end up a 70, 80-year-old and go, oh, one of my dreams, I really wanted to go overseas, but I've never left the country. It's like, well, 
the choice is yours. I can't, well, hello, someone, price increase on something. I can't make you plan. You can't make me plan. But we can work together to help each other. And so it starts with a vision. What's a vision? A vision is the ability to see. So to bring that down a layer this morning to ask you, what do you see for your future? What do you see for your future? What do you see for your family? What do you see for your business? What do you see for your marriage? What do you see for your friendships? What do you see for your connect group? What do you see for the music team? What do you see for... Don't just leave it up to the department head. Don't just leave it up to your boss. Don't just leave it up to... It's, it's like, no, but, oh, but hang on. No, my husband's meant to be the visionary. I just submit. It's like, no, work together as a team and move forward. So what do you see? What do you see in those key areas of your life? This is the scripture that I've had on my heart for, for a number of weeks. Isaiah 54, 2 to 3 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. See, I love that because straight away there's vision and there's planning all in the one. The vision is enlarge the place of your tent. And I felt God say, this is for us as a church, enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge it. Oh, well, that's awesome, God, but how do, we, how do we enlarge the place of our tent? Stretch your tent curtains wide. <clears throat> Stretching's not pleasant. Right? Stretching is not pleasant. Stretching can be painful. Stretching can hurt. Stretching can put tension. Or does put tension. So part of the planning process for us as a church to enlarge the place of our tent means that we need to be stretched and we need to stretch. What's the next one? Pop that back up, Mason. There we go. Well, no, back to verse 2. Do not hold back. So there's straight away an encouragement in there. Don't give up. Don't hold back. So, oh, it's too hard. Not going to bother. Not going to start that business. Not going to buy that house. It's too hard. Prices are just, I can't keep up with the market nothing right it's only got one bedroom instead of three that I want it's only got one bathroom it's only got this it's only got that I really wanted a garage but it's only got a carport it's this it's that there's always a reason why not don't hold back don't give up don't stop pushing towards the vision that you've been given 
the dream, the what you see for your future. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. It's about preparing for enlarging the place of your tent. If you enlarge the tent, you then need bigger ropes on it. You need to lengthen them because the tent's now higher. The tent's now wider. It's holding more. It's got more capacity to take off like a parachute, like a sail. So you need to stretch out. You need to lengthen the ropes to come down so they still come down on the right angle to hold what you've got in place. When you start dreaming for a bigger future for yourself, stretch. When you start dreaming for a bigger future, when you start planning for your dreams, when you start planning for that holiday, when you start planning for that wedding, when you start planning for that house, when you start planning for those kids, when you start planning to start something fresh, get ready to be stretched. Get ready to lengthen the cords. Get ready to strengthen the stakes. You don't just go in to run a sprint. You don't just go in to run a marathon without doing the work, do you? It's like, hands up, who could run a marathon today? One person. And that was a very confident hand too, I might add. Thought I couldn't run a marathon. I couldn't run from here to the back door. I asked my physio last week, so what do you reckon the chances of me running before Christmas? Yeah, well, if that's a goal that you want, we'll have to hammer you between now and then. I said, all right, let's do it. And I've regretted it. Kneeling on the ground. I haven't knelt on the ground for, this is a little side, one of my little ramblings, but I haven't knelt on the ground for as long as I can remember. And the physio says, all right, let's get you kneeling. Let's start using some of that body mass and some gravity to get the bend into your knee. And because this is because we've been given the all clear from the surgeon who said, yep, you've either got two options. One is um, come back in and have another operation to clean out the scar tissue or just go ham and cheese on it and work through the pain. And I'm like, I don't really like pain, but I'd rather do that than have another op. So here I am down on the floor with a chair either side and a pillow underneath, and I'm using my 100-plus kilo frame just to let gravity do its thing on my knee. And within the last three or four visits, the degree of bend had stagnated, but because of the stretch... Because of the tension, because of the not holding back, pushing through, went from 120 degrees to 130 degrees in two weeks when I've been stuck. That's not saying to encourage me. I was encouraged enough at the time. But that's to encourage you that when, when you've got the vision, that becomes worth doing. And so the push through becomes worth it. The struggle, the tears, let me tell you, there's been tears. I went in, I did some in the, in the creche <clears throat> the other week and um, <clears throat> I said to Kirby, she was working at the front desk and I was walking in there and I said, just heads up, I'm just doing my exercises, so it's all good. She's like, what? I'm like, you'll see. And I went in there and I was moaning and groaning and I had tears rolling down my cheeks and all I heard from out 
the foil is Kirby, a little bit of laughing. And then, thanks for the warning. And uh, I was like, yep, yeah, oh, feeling the love. Thanks heaps. But it's like, that becomes worth it because of the end goal. When you want to start a business, that becomes worth it. Putting your house on the market so that you've got the cash ready to inject into it becomes worth it. Giving up the dream of the holiday so that you can build that becomes worth it. Or giving up that so that you can go on the holiday becomes worth it. It just, what's the vision? There's not a right or wrong other than follow what you see. And so if you see the holiday, don't go building a house when you're going on a holiday because God's saying, you need the holiday, but you're going, oh, I'm going to build this house. This is what's going to set me free. So, no, the holiday is what's going to set you free. So go on the holiday, come back and build the house. Or the vision is the house. So you sacrifice that holiday so that you can build the house. Does this make sense? So it's not about one or the other. It's not about just having everything there. It can be that. It can be one or the other. It can be everything. But what do you see? Because I can't see for you. I can see for me. And I can see that I've sacrificed certain things in my life. I've sacrificed certain things in my family so that we can do what we do. But that's not for you. I had a vision. This is not a vision vision. But I had a vision early days that I wanted to own a Toyota Prado. All right, just one of these small little trivia ones. All right, so this is back when we were driving around in a little Pulsar. All right, we had this cheap little Pulsar because Emma rode off my Lancer the week she got T-bones, two weeks before our wedding, which worked out amazingly because we had a nice little insurance payout that we could spend on our honeymoon. But, but we got back from there and so we had this Pulsar and I went... That's the car that I want. That's the car that I want. And between there, sold the Pulsar, bought a Hilux. Sold the Hilux, bought a Kluger. Sold the Kluger, bought a Santa Fe. Sold the Santa Fe, bought a Navara. Sold the Navara, bought a Prado. Blew up the Prado, bought a 200 series. But... But there was this process of each time slowly, I couldn't go from a Pulsar to a Prado. But each step along the way, each time I bought a new car, I didn't see the car that I bought, I saw the Prado. And each time I sold the car and made $5,000 and made $10,000 and then made $1,000 and then lost a couple of dollars. But each time... I wasn't looking at what I had. I was looking at what I wanted. I was looking at the what do I see? I see me owning a Prado. I see me owning that car. And I wasn't going to give up until I had it. And then I had it. And then we actually, the truth is I didn't blow it up. I would have kept it after we blew it up because it had a pretty well a brand new motor in it. But we had a fourth kid. And then Mason climbing in and out of the boot. I should have shown the video this morning. It's quite funny. Uh, Mason, when we're all loaded up and I had Oki straps holding bags in so that they didn't fall on him. And uh, poor Mason was like hopping into a stock car, NASCAR type setup. 
over the sea, had to put the headrest down, he'd climb in, then we'd lift the headrest back up, pass him what he needed, and uh, away we went on holidays. And at that point, we went, yeah, we probably need a slightly bigger car. Um, But there's this process, there's this journey of what do I see? All right, now I'm going to give everything to have it. Now I'm going to put things aside. I'm going to lay down certain things. We don't go on holidays to resorts because we've chosen to have a camp trailer and a four-wheel drive. And so we go bush. We go camp on the side of the road. We go camp in someone's paddock on the side of the river because it's free camping, but the cost isn't there. The cost is out there in the car park. The cost is at home in the shed. And so there's this deal of, what do I see? Some people go on amazing holidays to resorts and I go, oh, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? But then I come back to, you know, hang on, this is what we're doing. And so it's not a comparing thing. It's what do I see? Follow what I see for me and my family. Don't follow what I see for Matt's family or what Matt sees for his family. So a couple of the boys go and buy a motorbike. So you should come buy a motorbike. Nah, not interested. Because... I'll give you the hot tip. If my 200 series meets your motorbike, I'd rather be in my 200 series. <clears throat> Not the only reason. The biggest reason is what do I see? It doesn't fit in the plan, so I'm not going to do it. So enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your curtains. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cord. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. So love this. Once you see what you see, Habakkuk 2.2, I'm going to finish with these few scriptures. Habakkuk 2.2 says, write it down plain. Write it down. Don't hide it away. Don't hide it away. But once you see what you see, write it down. And look at it every day. If you're married, in a family context, whatever your context is, it's like share it with those who are part of it. Every family gathering that we had for those years leading up to that 2010 White Christmas, we would talk about and we'd dream about and we're going to go here and we're going to go there and we're going to do this. And, And it became part of the dynamic of because we started to, just continue to put the dream in front of us. Write it down plain. <clears throat> I love this proverb. If you want to be encouraged, whacked over the back of the head, discouraged, all at the same time. Read the proverbs. They're phenomenal. One minute you feel amazing, the next you go, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> Proverbs 15.22, plans fail for lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. You don't just go travelling overseas without getting advice. You don't just go bush without getting advice. You sit down and you work through with people who've been there and done that. You work through different components. Make sure that the car's ready to go. Make sure that this is ready. Make sure that's ready. Planning is so crucial to ensuring that we get. It's not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign, oh, but I don't want to share my plans with anybody because it's like 
Somebody, a simple conversation with the right person would be able to tell you, now's not the right time to sell your house. Wait two months and you'll get X amount more. Having that simple conversation, otherwise sell your house now and then in six months' time go, oh, I've run out of money. If only I had waited two months. Well, hello, did you ask for help? Did you ask the person who knew? Oh, no, I just asked my friend. Well, who's your friend? Oh, they, they drive one of the solo trucks and pick up rubbish bins. So they're a great friend, great for hanging out with, but they don't have expertise in the area that you need expertise in. So there's no point asking, run it by them for sure, but get counsel, get advice from people who know. And I love this as an encouragement. Finish with this as the team come. Psalm 24, Psalm 20, verse 4. Sorry, I should say. 20 dot dot 4. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. It's not just about the desire of your heart. It's not just about what you see. It's about the plans. And so we can come before God and it's great to come before God with our plans, with our hopes and our, uh, with our visions, with our hopes, our dreams. But so often we read this scripture and we go, God, you know the desire of my heart, give it to me. We stop partway through the scripture, right? Am I right? I've done it many a times. God, you know the desire of my heart. God, give it to me. God, I see this. Give it to me. God, I see that. Give it to me. God, we want this church to... We want to be doing multiple services. God, we want this. We want that. God, we see this. The scripture doesn't just stop there. Bring your plans. Let's not be people who just have a vision and don't marry it up with a plan or people that have got a plan but we don't actually know where we're going. We're just fumbling around and just keeping busy. And so God, I pray. Father, for my friends here this morning, God, I pray for those watching online. First and foremost, God, this morning I pray that we would see what you want us to see for our future. God, I pray this morning that there'd be a a moment in this meeting for some of us to the lights just come on. We've got to see this. someone here this morning that's you had a you had a dream and I feel like it was an actual dream when you were younger like you woke up in the middle of the night woke up in the morning and went wow that's the most incredible dream that's going to be me one day but life as it does has got in the way and it's stopped you've stopped pursuing that you've just put it on the no it'll never happen shelf 
Stop planning. Get that dream back off the shelf and put it back in front of you. Share that dream with those closest to you and start working towards it because that that is what God wants. God, for those of us who struggle in the area of dreaming, in the area of seeing what our future looks like, God, help us put something in us this morning. God, let us remember that it's not just about me. That it's about building those around us. It's about building the community. It's about building your kingdom. sung it earlier, Jesus, Jesus, his name, the name above all names. If you're not walking in a relationship with him, I'd love to pray a prayer with you this morning. Maybe you've walked previously, but life's just, just like that dream. Life's just got in the way. You go, I want to come back. I need to come back. There's a stirring on the inside of you this morning that says, I need to come back and step into a relationship with him afresh. If that's you, I'd love to speak to you. I'd love to pray with you after the service. If you want to respond to any of this vision, planning, if you just want to lay it before God this morning, come before Him with your dreams, come before Him with your planning. Encourage you to do so as we sing this last song. The altar is open as always for any other prayer needs that you may have. So please come.